0: What is up everybody, I'm Zank Iger, the host of your favorite podcast, The Spiral. And on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down this past weekend of football. We had some really good college games where some teams fell just a little bit short, and we had some really exciting NFL games that came down to the wire. So on this episode, I'm going to be breaking down some of those big games and what you guys need to know from this past weekend of football. But with that being said, let's get it started. Alright, so we're going to start with some college football. So, the two biggest games of college football this weekend are: were Alabama ranked number one going to the Swamp, Gainesville ranked number 11. And then the other game was later that night, Auburn headed to Penn State. Auburn was ranked 22, Penn State was ranked number 10. Those were the two by far biggest games. So, we're going to talk about those real quick and then we're going to get into some other college football games. So, up first, Bama versus Florida. My biggest takeaways from this game were Bama came out strong early. I think Florida was down at one point 21-3. Uh, we came back, lost 31 to 29. We ended up missing an extra point. Cost us out to go for too late. We didn't get it, put us in a, you know, kind of hurt us at the end, weren't able to stop them. Uh, time ran out. The biggest takeaways were Alabama is beatable. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Alabama's beatable, okay? They didn't really – and you know it's weird? In, in years past, you've seen Alabama actually just destroy people with the run game, dominate them with run games. And as of the last few years, they've been really great passing the ball with Tua, Mac Jones, okay, Jalen Hurts. They, they've had good passing games, you know. They've, and, and it's never – Alabama's never had talented wide receivers, but in the past it was run heavy and they had talented wide receivers who could do some things. But lately it was – you know, the last three years – I think they've almost, like, they've, since the last three years, Alabama's, like, passing yards have gone up by, like, 100 yards per game, all right? So they've been passing a lot more, but they've always had a dominant run game. But this year, if I've noticed one thing, Bama's not running the ball particularly well this year. And Bryce Young, though I like, he's not hitting the deep ball as well as you'd like him to. He, he's missing a little bit of those deep balls. Now, again, Alabama's still number one team. But I think we got to realize Alabama's beatable. And Florida lost this game, you know, self-inflicted wounds, in my opinion. I'm not being biased. I thought there were some bad calls and a lot of missed tackles. Just we got killed with our third down defense, not being able to get off. And some of that's because of some bad calls. Some of it's just missed tackles. Um, You know, but again, some of these calls you could argue could go either way, however you want to, all right? No, I'm not going to blame the refs enough to say that's why Florida lost because I don't think the flags were the biggest reason why they lost. I'm just saying defensively we got hurt with some little things that you that are coachable and could be cleaned up if you want to potentially see Alabama get an SEC championship. Now you got to keep in mind for the Gators aspect, their quarterback came out and looked a, and he struggled a little bit, but I think he finished. He had a nice second half. He played well, and the guy I thought would have been the game changer, Anthony Richardson, did not play because of a hamstring injury. Now listen. He was medically cleared, but Florida decided not to play him. I get it. If you, like, just because you're medically cleared to play, right? Like, hey, he's okay, right? But if you still think it could be an issue or you'd rather him take a week off, this game doesn't necessarily define your season, right? Now, I will say this. If you're Florida and you're looking ahead, I do think we're a better team against Tennessee, so I think we can beat Tennessee. Georgia is still going to be difficult because I still think they have the best starting defense in all college football, and it's not close. And then you have a trap game with Kentucky, and then LSU, you never know how that can go, right? So it's still a long season, but potentially if you're Florida and you're trying to look ahead to the SEC championship, right, you need Anthony Richardson healthy because he's dynamic. He's a game changer. When he just goes in, big plays happen, right? And you're missing some of that against Bama. That's going to be a big element, right, if you're Florida going into that game and potentially SEC championship or even against Georgia and everything, having a healthier Anthony Richardson, right? You had to see what Emory was. No backup to worry about. How did Emory respond? Struggled early, looked better late. Now again, Emory's going to be that quarterback who he can make some wild plays, and he's going to make some head-scratcher plays. There's going to be some throws he's just going to miss, and you're going to hate it. You know, throws that you like to think, you know, like, if I'm out there, I can make those throws, right? Like a six-yard curl route. Easy. Should be able to hit it, right? He misses some of those, right? He's going to miss some of those. But he's going to make a lot of spectacular plays, too, and I think we saw some. Also, if you're the Gators, you ran all over Bama. I think it was almost 250 yards rushing the ball. That is, you would not expect that. Florida ran it pretty, very, very well against Bama. If you could keep the game closer earlier, you probably could have had more running yards. You probably could have done some different things. And you were out Anthony Richardson, who's your leading rusher, quarterback, who that's how dynamic he is. It seems like when he decides to do a quarterback run, he's taking it 70, 80 yards. Like, there's reason to have hope if you're Florida. And watching this game, if you're other teams, there's reason to think Bama's beatable they did not stop the run that well they're not running the ball particularly well and they're not hitting the deep balls particularly well now again what do I say about Bama if you want to beat them you gotta beat them early because they always have a huge amount of turnover I'm expecting Bama to fix issues and get better as the season progresses I'm expecting Bama to get back to running the ball a lot more than what they have to start the season I would expect that to happen okay I'm expecting Bryce Young to get better as the season progresses. He's gonna start hitting those deep balls because he's missing them, but they're close. Okay? I would expect Bryce Young to do a lot better as the season progresses because he's already played well, but he's just gonna keep getting better. For Florida, the reason for hope is, you know, their defense is young. And again, I- I'm not a big Todd Graham fan at the defensive coordinator for Florida. I'm really not. I do think he needs to go. I, I think some of this stuff's too predictable. But overall, the defense played at times really good. I mean, we had three straight three and outs. You know, the defense forced three straight three and outs against Bama. That's big. That's the first time that's happened since 2017 against FSU. Okay. Like, there, you can, there, there's hope. There's talent. There's hope if you're Florida. Okay. And again, teams looking out, you're like teams that aren't, you know, going up against Bama who always thinks Bama's the dominant, you know, can't be beaten. And that's usually the case. But this year, we've seen some of these top teams fall. And I think Florida showed Bama is vulnerable in a sense. They can be beaten. Now, again, you still want to beat Bama, you got to play a really good ball game. Like Florida messed up on some opportunities, okay? Some missed tackles, some bad calls. They didn't play perfect, but they they were still very, very close. So Bama's beatable. It's just, it's just a matter of who's going to beat them. Now, again, I still think it's, you know, I, I still like Bama. Bama's still the favorite this year, in my opinion. But if I took anything out of that game, it's Bama's beatable. The next big game that we got to talk about is Auburn-Penn State. Now, I thought Auburn was going to win this. I thought Auburn looks, and again, I still think Auburn looks good regardless of them losing to Penn State. It was at Penn State, wide out, first time they've had that crowd and you know, over a year. Insane right? Very, very insane. And I thought they relatively played well. Now, again, what is Auburn's kryptonite? Sir quarterback, Bo Nix. When in doubt, he, he's not that good of a quarterback. He's a tremendous athlete, not a good quarterback. And I, 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 I don't know how else to say that. He's, he's the reason Auburn is, is, can be, they look like a really good team, but they, they can't be a great team with Bo Nix. I hate to say it. They're just not going to be a great team with Bo Nix. Now, and, and again, that was my whole thing with Florida. I thought Florida has potential to be a good team, really good team. But with Emory Jones, I don't think they could be great. Anthony Richardson, I think they had the potential to be great, but not Emory Jones. For Auburn, you don't even know who the backup is. You just have Bo Nix. Tremendous athlete. can do some things, and he can make some wild plays. But as a quarterback, he does not look that impressive. Now, Auburn's defense looks good. They have a good running game and. uh... Uh, Bigsby they got some talented weapons it's just quarterback bonus. you don't know what you're going to get you have no idea for Penn State they looked pretty good quarterback played pr- pr- relatively well they didn't have a great running game against Auburn but Auburn has a, is usually pretty good defensively they had some pretty good success throwing the ball and I think for the most part their defense played pretty well I was very impressed with what I saw it's a very good game. If you're Penn State, I, I think you want to think you're legit. I think there's still questions about Ohio State. Um, Michigan's still a little bit of an interesting team because I, I really don't know what to think of Michigan. Um, they seem like they have talent, but I just I don't know what to think of Michigan. Michigan State beat, you know, a Miami team that I always thought was overrated. but Michigan State's a pretty solid team, pretty good, well-coached team. But potentially, if you're Penn State, you could look at this and say, "You might be the favorites. We could you could beat Ohio State. We could be better than Ohio State." Now, again, Ohio State has a lot of weapons, right? You're not going to face a Nix, at quarterback, even though CJ Stroud misses some stuff for Ohio State at times. They got weapons, and that's he's no all right? They're going to have better quarterback play. But if you can beat Ohio State, if you can stop their run or help neutralize their run a little bit, and Put him in certain longs and make him make plays. Penn State has a chance. Penn State has a potential chance to be the best team in their conference. It is a long shot. But I do think they beat an impressive Auburn team. Now, I do think Auburn's a really good team. But again, their quarterback is less than desirable for Auburn. But I was very impressed with both teams, even Auburn in the loss. To go there, they played hard. They played good. Very competitive game throughout the whole thing. Same with uh, Penn State. I personally thought Penn State was going to lose, or was going to lose. They played well. They showed up at home. Did what needed to be done. I was very, very impressed with that game. Some other games: North Carolina versus Virginia. Uh, North Carolina looks like it's getting its offense going. Uh, you had Samuel Howell, five, five touchdowns, one interceptions. Uh, they got the run game going. Uh, they, they're looking good. The, the offense is picking it up a little bit, which is what you want to see. Now, there's still questions of how good they're really going to be in the ACC, but very impressed. I was very impressed with that. Uh, one of the bigger ones we need to talk about is UCLA, man, getting upset by Fresno State. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Fresno State's quarterback dropped 450, uh, 455 passing yards against UCLA. They also ran it for almost a buck fifty. That is bad. You can't. If you're UCLA and you're trying to be legit, you can't do that. Now, UCLA threw the ball pretty well, and they had a pretty relatively good, you know, day running it. But, I mean, just their defense did not show up. And, again, some of it's because Fresno State dominated time of possession almost by 40 minutes compared to UCLA's 19. That's just insane. 32 first downs by Fresno. Like, it's just 91 total plays compared to UCLA's. 53. It's not it's to say UCLA played bad, per se. Like, yes, they got upset. Just Fresno State played really good. I did not see that coming. I thought UCLA could be legit. I thought UCLA could be one of the favorites in the Pac-12. Uh, this is a big... This hurts the Pac-12. USC isn't... Le- no, again, If get it. If, if you're the Pac-12, all your ducks right now, you're putting everything, uh, all your eggs in the basket, whatever the saying is, you're putting it on Oregon because you want Oregon to be legit. Because that's your only chance right now to have a representative in the Pac-12 is Oregon. No other team, in my opinion, is going to get it. So Oregon has to win out. I think if Oregon loses one, it's going to be very tough. Now, again, Oregon does have the head-to-head against Ohio State, which bodes well for them. So Oregon does have the potential to lose one game. But the Pac-12 strength of schedule is not that great. But that Ohio State win looks good Depend on how Ohio State finishes the year, too. Because you would assume Oregon's going to have the head-to-head over Ohio State if it comes close to that three or four spot for both of them. So, again, if you're the Pac-12, because UCLA lost an unexpected one, and UCLA can still ba- bounce back. There's still a lot of time left. You know what I mean? Like, you get upset. You can, it's how you respond. It's a long season still. But if you're the Pac-12, you're betting all your money on Oregon. Um, one of the other big games that I think is worth mentioning, uh, or just real quick, honestly, uh, Clemson does not look that good. Uh, I, I don't know what to think of Clemson, to be honest with you. Um, that was just... That was just embarrassing. Uh, like They won 14-8 against Georgia Tech, but their quarterback is just straight up struggling. Only 126 yards passing against the Georgia Tech team. They ran it with some success, but, I mean, just... Clemson's not that good. I- I'm gonna be honest with you. They're not. They have talent, but they're they're not looking good. And I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know if they're, you know, they're missing the play some playmakers at running back. Like I don't know what's going on, but Clemson is-, is not looking that good. And I think ACC could be in some trouble because reality, you know, you thought FSU looked strong because of how they play against Notre Dame and they've dropped, you know, the first three games of the season. Clemson lost the early one to Georgia, but Clemson doesn't look right post-Trevor Lawrence error. North Carolina lost early. Virginia Tech got upset. Um, Miami isn't that good. I mean, who's your best team? Like, North Carolina State? Like, I I don't know what to think. Like, if you're... I'm just going to be honest. ACC's not looking that hot. It just... It really isn't. Uh, Speaking of Miami, they lost to Michigan State, which I I called. I knew Miami wasn't that legit. They threw the ball on them. They ran the ball on them. Uh, King had an okay game, 388 yards, but he also had two interceptions. Um, just Miami's not that good. I, I'm expecting their head coach is gone. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, but Miami's not looking good. Miami's clearly not back, and they have talent, but they don't have the right quarterback, and I don't think they have the right coach, unfortunately. Um, so some crazy stuff right now. Uh, again, talk about top teams. I think to lose Oklahoma. I played a very close game to Nebraska. Nebraska just couldn't capitalize on all the turnover plays that Spencer Redler had, and I'm going to be honest. I, Spencer Rattler hasn't looked that impressive to the start of the season. I just think it's because he keeps wanting to make the big plays all the time, and he's just not taking what the defense can get him. And his deep ball from this year compared to last year is nowhere near as good as it was. Uh, but again, I just think he's trying to force too much, trying to do too much. I think there's the Baker Mayfields, the Kyler Murley, the Jalen Hurts. Like, all these guys have put up ridiculous numbers and have done so well. I think he's trying to almost prove like he's better than all of them. And it's not working. He's super talented, but he has not looked that impressive. And the big thing last year was he started off the season kind of eh and finished super strong. And again, you're kind of seeing it this year. He's kind of giving you, like, uneven performances at times. And what are you supposed to make of this? I mean, he was a potential top-five quarterback going into this season. You know, going into the NFL. Um, You know, he's a projected top, like, if not number one, definitely a top-five pick. So, like, he's kind of giving you uneven performances. Super talented, but... With all the talent Oklahoma has, you would think they could do better. And it's just kind of, it's a little shocking that they're not doing better. Uh, but again, uh, from all these games, that, that's kind of the biggest things I have for you guys. Real quick, I do want to give a shout out to Ole Miss because I think Ole Miss is the team to kind of watch out for. With Matt Carroll at quarterback, I think he's a definitely the Heisman. He's probably top two, top three Heisman right now. Arguably number one. They have an insane run game. Their passing game is really good. And their defense is very much improved upon from last year. Um, So, Ole Miss is definitely a team to watch out for the SEC. They're a hot team. I think they're well coached with Lane Kiffin. Offensively, they can do a lot of stuff. And their defense is definitely no, like, just no, like, their defense is legit. All right. You cannot. Their defense isn't a pushover, basically, okay? Like, no, their defense is going to be one of the best in the countries. but it's not just a team where it's like, if you're playing Ole Miss, it's just like, oh, it's just going to be a scoring battle. Like, it's just going to be like, that's how it is. Like, no, their defense, like, their defense is aggressive and their defense wants to play good. Like, they have some talented players on defense, and I'm not saying it's a great defense, but it is a capable defense, and to think... Otherwise, I think it mis- could be big mistakes, and I think that could cost you if you think Ole Miss doesn't have somewhat of a talented defense. So that being said, Ole Miss is a team on the rise that I think is definitely worth monitoring just because of how elite their offensive play is with Lane Kiffin and the fact that I think they have an underrated defense. But that is all I have for you on the college section and basically everything that happened this weekend. Um, like I said, college football is getting really interesting. It's only going to keep getting better. Uh, more and more upsets are going to continue to happen. About to find out, you know, we're starting to get to that point now. We're at week three on who's kind of legit and who's not. And we're slowly but surely weeding out the teams that aren't that legit. Um, you know, a lot of top teams that, you know, people gave into the season expected to be really, really good. A lot of them are kind of, you know, flatlining a little bit. And, you know, they look beatable, which is great for college football because, you know, you like to see, you know, David take down Goliath. But with this being said... It's time to jump into some NFL football. All right, so we're about it, it's time to get some NFL football, okay? And listen, I know there's a lot of NFL viewers out there. I do feel bad that some of your teams, you know, kind of get snubbed. The media doesn't talk about a lot of your teams. So wh- when it comes to my podcast, I'm going to address every NFL team. Now, again, some teams I'm going to talk about more than others. It just all depends on situations, how I feel about that team, who's worth talking about more. But, because full transparency, I do think you should talk about each NFL team a little bit. And I hate that some people listen and, like, just no one covers your team unless you're from that area, like big news media centers. I'm going to talk about each team. I can't promise I'm talking about them very long. But, if I can talk about my Dolphins and try to tell you guys that they could potentially be a playoff team this year, the least I can do is talk about potentially the Lions, All right. So, that being said, let's get it started real quick with some NFL football. So... First game we were going talk about, shocker, shocker, Bills versus Dolphins. Dolphins lost 35-0 to the Bills. Biggest takeaways from this game, in my opinion. Um, first of all, Dolphins offensive line, horrendous. It got Tua hurt. Tua has rib injuries. And potentially could be out next Sunday against the Raiders. So definitely worth monitoring. I do like Joey, uh, Jacoby Brissett. I think he's okay. The problem is offensive line is horrendous. We got down early, kind of abandoned the run game again, which is upsetting because I really do like Miles Gaskins and wish we would get him more involved. But the biggest thing for the Dolphins against the Bills is what could go wrong goes wrong against the Dolphins. Offense line disastrous, dropped balls, fumbles, interceptions. We, just everybody in general when it comes to playing the Bills, I don't know what it is. Dolphins just have their worst game against the Bills. Bills always play us really good. I don't understand it. We just, We're like six straight losses to the Bills. It's embarrassing. Okay, they just have our number day in and day out, and everybody just has career bad games against the Bills. But the big thing for the Dolphins is Tua's hurt. The offense line's in shambles. Wide receivers had a lot of drop balls and some fumbles. They will, they will hopefully, Will Fuller did report the practice this week, so hopefully they have him against the Raiders and he can finally make his, you know, Dolphin debut. Uh, but the big thing, biggest thing with the Dolphins is monitoring Tua's status and see what happens with him. Because, again, there's still questions if Tua's legit or not. And, you know, a lot of people had concern about his size and injury history. Him getting injured now because he's a smaller guy and he can't take hits and everything with already some issues people have with them. It's not helping to his case to remain the Dolphins starter. For the Bills aspect, Josh Allen did not play entirely that well. He kind of looked a little shaky. Uh, I mean, he, you know, the big thing for him is he did have two touchdowns. He did have an interception. Uh, we did never we never really sack him well. We just always miss him. Just, he just always kills us. Uh, the run game did better. Singletary did well. Uh, Moss played pretty decent with two rushing touchdowns, and so did Allen. He had 35 rushing yards. Uh, Diggs was held in check relatively well. He had an early, cheap little touchdown, and then he caught a 50-yard bomb against Xavier Howard. Um, is what it is. Howard just kind of mistimed it and jumped in. It was a really good play, a good throw, good catch. Um, so that was the big thing for the Bills. Their defense looked a lot better. Uh, they generated a lot of pressure, which was a big thing going into the season. They wanted to be able to do better. Uh, but they generated pressure really, really well against the Dolphins. But I think some of that is the Bills' pressure and generating pressure is better this year. And the Dolphins' offense line is straight garbage. Um, the run game looks better. Josh Allen's still not looking like an MVP candidate, and he kind of got paid MVP money. So you like to see his play kind of you know take it up a notch because if not, that could be a little concerning. But overall, Bills uh, rebounded very well from a Steelers loss that they shouldn't have lost to. So that was a good one for the Bills. Um, I'm going to save the Chiefs and Ravens, Ravens game for last. Uh, they they're next on this, but I'm just going to save them for last. Um, so I'm going to go in order. Titans-Seattle uh, went to overtime. Titans won 33-30. Uh, this was a big win for the Titans. Starting off 0-2 would have been really bad. Tannehill played relatively well, 347 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. King Henry busted out out of a little slump. He looked a little sluggish in the first half, but finished strong with 182 yards. Three touchdowns on 35 attempts. Julio Jones balled out with 128 yards, should have had a touchdown, got cheated out of a touchdown, in my opinion. Uh, A.J. Brown didn't have the best game, uh, but the Tennessee Titans defense was able to get a little bit of pressure this game, which is good for them. That's something that, you know, they got to get better at. Uh, For Seattle's end, Westbrook, uh, Westbrook, Russell Wilson played really well, 343 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, run game really wasn't there. So credit to the Titans to bounce back and have, and do very well against stopping the run. Uh, Tyler Lockett though, man, oh man, eight receptions, 178 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Metcalf's kind of started off the season a little slow, but I expect him to bounce back. I just think a lot of people are giving him a lot of trouble, probably a lot more double teams and that's opening up room for Lockett and Swain. Um, so Seattle, you, they kind of just lost in a close one. It is what it is. Uh, I do have questions about their secondary. It's not that strong, but they were able to generate some uh, sacks and tackle for losses, which is good for them. Uh, I still have some concerns about the Titans' offensive line. All in all, especially in the passing game. Uh, but good win for the Titans. They really needed to get this win for Seattle uh, again. NFC West teams losing not going to. You, you can't justify losing because that conference is so hard. I mean, I'm telling you, there's going to be the division win is going to have at least. wins. So, again, if you're trying to win that division, you're basically fighting for the number one seed in the NFC, in my opinion. Um, It's just going to be really hard, and you got to win games. Uh, So, again, it's not – you shouldn't be embarrassed if you're Seattle losing to the Titans because I do think the Titans are a good team. I just think they kind of played really poorly against the Cardinals week one. But, uh, you know, Seattle, got to win games, especially games, not your conference and everything. Uh, Up next, Vikings, Cardinals – Vikings start 0-2, shocker, shocker. Kirk Cousins is not the answer there. Yes, he did throw for three touchdowns at 244 yards. Cook had 131, receiving, oh, 131 rushing yards. Uh, Thielen and Jefferson had relatively quiet games. They caught touchdowns, but not a lot of yards. Uh, their Vikings' defense is it's okay. It's not that great. Uh, Hunter had a good game. He had three tackle for losses, three sacks. Uh, they did force some interceptions, which is good. Uh, But all in all, Kyler Murray, man, early MVP candidate, 400 yards. He did have two interceptions, but he had three touchdowns. He had another rushing touchdown. Uh, The man is insane. Ronald Moore, the rookie they drafted, had a big game, 114 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Hopkins had another touchdown. A.J. Green had a touchdown. Uh, Buda Baker had two tackle for losses. Golden had a sack. No five-sack performance, unfortunately, from... uh, Oh my goodness. Blank on the guy's name. Uh, Chris Jones. But they played relatively well. I don't even know. That's actually worth mentioning if he played or not. I'm not seeing anything on the stat sheet from him. Uh, He may not have played that game. So that could be why he had no sacks. I'm not quite sure. Uh, But Cardinals won. Cardinals are a team worth monitoring. Again, last year they started off really hot and fell off. Um, I do like Kyler Murray. I do like this team a lot. I I thought they could be a really good team. Um, I do think their biggest potential flaw could be coaching and maybe the secondary a little bit i'd like to see their coaching be a lot a lot more consistent this year because i think last year was a little inconsistent i think that's why you saw some inconsistencies from how the cardinals looked really hot at times and really cold at times so that's just something that needs to do a little bit better but being 2-0 especially the nfc west big time very important uh vikings again 0-2 odds making the playoffs for 0-2 is not a good start Again, I'm not a big fan of Kirk Cousins. And I think the Vikings need to rebuild. I do think they have some interesting young talent at certain positions. So I would definitely look to rebuild because I just don't see them do anything with Kirk Cousins at the helm. Cowboys Chargers, shocker, shocker. Cowboys won. Did not see that coming. Dak Prescott only threw for 231 yards and an interception. No touchdowns, but he still had a pretty good game overall. Uh, Tony Pillard led the team in rushing for 109 yards and a touchdown. Elliott had 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so their run game was very nice, very balanced. CeeDee Lamb uh, led this team in yardage. Uh, Cooper had a quiet game with only 24. Uh, so very impressed with uh, Dallas' run game. And their defense played really well. Uh Vanderush had a sack. Parsons had a sack. Couple tackle for losses. Couple interceptions. Digs a corner the really high on. Same with K- uh, Kazi, the safety. Uh, very impressed with Dallas' Um you know, this is a great way to respond against a good Chargers team. Now, I will say, this game had a ridiculously amount of flags being thrown. And I'm going to talk about that at the very end. Uh, but this game had a ridiculous amount of flags thrown. I feel like the game for this, you really couldn't get momentum. There's big plays, but both teams going back from flags. Just, this game had way, way too many penalties. Uh, Dallas won on a field goal, but overall, pretty impressed with Dallas, especially them finally getting the run game going, which I think Zach Morton has a big, you know, big deal to do with that. And the fact Dallas won without its two best pass rushers is very impressive. Um, On the Chargers' end, Herbert played relatively well, but the two interceptions obviously cost them. Uh, They They ran the ball when they did, when they chose to, relatively well. They just kind of didn't run the ball that much. Kean Allen balled out again, four receptions, 108 yards. Williams is continuing his stretch of looking good the last two weeks, seven receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Eckler was very involved in the passing game, nine receptions, 61 yards. Uh, they had a couple sacks. Uh, they did have an interception, a couple tackle for losses. Again, this was a really, really good game. Again, it came down to a last-minute field goal. Uh, no shame in that. Losing, I do think there was a lot of flags and that kind of room momentum for certain stuff. But overall, very, very impressed with both teams. Um, so that's a very impressive game. Bucks versus Falcons. Falcons made it interesting because they kept the game close at one point, but back-to-back pick sixes didn't help. Matt Ryan threw for 300 yards, but he had three interceptions. Run games nowhere to be found. Kyle Pitts had a pretty good game of five receptions, 73 yards. Ridley had a touchdown. Uh, Patterson had a pretty good game. Uh, He had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Their defense was able to get a couple sacks, but that's all they could really do uh, against Tom Brady and his. One, two, three, four, five, count it, five touchdowns. Tom Brady, GOAT. Beast man, legendary. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, I, I'm telling you right now. I think Tom Brady wants his 17 and 0 real bad. I think he's trying to have an undefeated season. I think that's how he wants to go out. Uh, Bucks, uh, Bucks five thousand. That's essentially all I gotta say. Bucks looks really good throwing the ball. Obviously, Evans two touchdowns. Godwin a touchdown. Gronkowski uh, two touchdowns. Like just insane. Pick your poison. Who you want to stop? It's just gonna be really hard. Again, their defense is good. Uh, Mike Edwards, their safety, had two, two of the interceptions for two touchdowns. Uh, they only did have one sack, which came from Sue, but very impressed. Uh, again, the game was a lot closer early than what it should have been. I think at one point it was like 28, 25, and that's where um, they you know they threw a touchdown and then back-to-back pick sixes, um, and that's what made it be 48, 25 in the fourth quarter. So Falcons just couldn't capitalize shocker, shocker, Falcons are never going to beat Tom Brady ever again. So no surprise there. Up next, Panthers-Saints, 26-7. Saints had a very impressive week one, win against the Packers. They fell short. Went good old Winston through two interceptions, was sacked four times. Uh, Run game did not get going at all. Uh, Kamara had .6 average running. He had eight attempts for five yards. Uh, Just got nothing going uh, no one, I mean, what's they only for 111 yards, did not look good. And again, I do want to say, I had the Panthers as my, one of my surprise teams this year. On one of the podcasts, I said, watch out for the Panthers. Now, when I did week-by-week predict, predictions, I didn't necessarily grade them that high in the Panthers because, I, I, again, I thought they had a lot of potential, but I didn't know what to think of Sam Donald. Sam Donald, 305 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Very good. You still got McCaffrey, who's going to lead this team in running, you know, 72 rushing yards and a touchdown, 65 receiving yards. But Sam Donalds looks good. Their offense has looked good. But their big thing, and what I try telling tell people, is their defense. Burris had an interception. Burns had a sack. uh, Hinge, uh sorry, Reddick, the linebacker they brought from the Cardinals in the offseason, had a one and a half sacks. Jones had a sack. Fox had half a sack. Like, they... They looked good. Who else had the interception? See, uh, J.C. Horn, the rookie they drafted. Cardinals defense. Sorry, not Cardinals. The Panthers defense is very interesting. There's some talent on that team. Do not look over the Panthers. Because if the Panthers can play smart offensively, I do think they have a capable defense. And that's why I had the Panthers as a potential surprise team. Now, when I said my surprise team, they had to have a lot of things go right for them. And so far through the first two weeks, they are. And again, I thought you had to bet on a lot of stuff for the Panthers to do well. I think, you know, the big reason I was high on the Panthers was simple. I thought they had a potential, very talented offense, great wide receiver core. Uh, McCaffrey's really good. And Sam Donald, you know, different offensive coordinator out of the Adam Gase rule where, you know, players go to die, essentially. Uh, And I thought their defense, like, I love Burns. I like Shaq Thomas. I like Reddick. I like Chin. I like Jackson. Uh, I like that gross, matose uh, DN. I know I probably bought you his name. I like Brown, the D tackle they got from Auburn. I like CJ Horn. I really like, oh, I, re- I said Auburn. I really like the Panthers team on defense. A lot of players I like, a lot of young players, exciting players. I like their head coach. I like their offense. Now, again, I do think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how legit Sam Donald is, Kim McCaffrey stay healthy, and how good their defense can finish down the stretch. But if I do think the Panthers are a team to keep an eye on. They're 2-0. I definitely start to monitor the Panthers because there's some potential there. Next game, we're going to talk about 26 Raiders, Steelers 17. I'm not high on the Steelers at all, but Raiders, 26 points, two touchdowns from Carr, 382 yards. No run game because uh, Jacobs was hurt, so they didn't really run it, but... Henry Ruggs, five receptions, 113 yards. I'm starting to think they heard my last podcast when I said Gruden and Mike Mayock might be out of the Raiders. I really do. Because, I, I, again, I liked Ruggs, but I had some questions with him and then he had his best game. You know, I said Derek Horton may not be the right answer there. He had a really good game and that's a guy I like too, but I've had a lot of questions and they all performed so well. It makes no sense. Defensively, Abram played pretty well. Uh, Mullen, the one corner they drafted, interception. Crosby had a tackle for loss. Uh, Solomon Thomas, a, a, a good addition, I will say that. I do like him. He's a guy who never really pan out with the 49ers, really early pick, but he had a tackle for loss in two sacks. That's big. But more importantly, the Steelers, a team I do not like. Big Ben, 295 yards, touchdown interception, not bad. Harris only had 38 rushing yards. They didn't run the ball that well. Uh, Johnson had 90 receptions, 105 yards. Claypool, three for 70. Schuster, six for 41. Shocker, shocker. He doesn't have any deep balls. Um... Uh, their defense is obviously legit. A lot of tackle for losses. One, two, three, four, five, six, six four, five, six. Six tackle for losses. Two sacks. Unknown interceptions. They play well. Their defense is really good. But again, this, the big thing with the Steelers is, I don't trust Big Ben. And I don't like their O-line. I think their O-line's not that good. They had a lot of guys leave in the offseason. And I don't think Big Ben's that good. I think he's old. I think he's donezo. They need a new quarterback to have to rebuild the offensive line. They have some interesting wide receivers. They have some weapons. But they have to rebuild... Their offensive line, they have to get a quarterback. Defensively, they're really good. And I think their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. But I think as games wear out, if their offense isn't showing up. They're going to lose games late in the stretch because their defense is going to be gas. But very impressed with the Raiders. 2-0. Uh, again, I'm not high on the Steelers. But very impressive win with the Ra- uh, Raiders. Uh, Card played impressive, especially with no run game. Uh, very, very impressed with the Raiders' win. Broncos, 23-13. Another team. Broncos, I said I really liked because I thought their offense had a lot of talent. Now they did lose uh, Judy, who sh- who sh- will come back, but they still got a name called Cortland Sutton. And all he did was drop nine receptions for 159 yards. Again, it's against the Jags, but still very impressive. Uh, Bridgewater, 328 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, they ran the ball relatively well. Williams, the guy they you know they drafted, had 64 rushing yards. He played very well. Uh, Gordon had thirty one rushing yards, thirty eight receiving yards. No, uh, no the tight end four receptions, thirty three yards. Uh, I like this team a lot. I like their offense a lot, and then their defense is obviously really good. Uh, Von Miller two tackle for losses and a sack. They forced two interceptions. Kareem Jackson, uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, Chubb. I will say this: I saw Chubb got potentially banged up, and this is a guy who you know was coming off of an injury. You can't lose Chubb. If they lose Chubb. That's gonna be Big, but they do have a very talented defense and they do have Von Miller still, but he's older. They need Chubb. They need him to be healthy. That would give them a very dynamic pass rushing duo. They need Chubb to stay healthy, but their offense looks good. And for the Jags, uh, man, it's going to be a long season, right? Trevor Lawrence did not look good. 118 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. As to why they don't try to run the ball with James Robinson, I will not, I do not understand. Uh, Marvin Jones had six receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown. Uh, That's basically it. I understand they have a lot of drops on their team and everything, but they just did not look good. Uh, They looked troubled. They looked lost. Um, I I don't necessarily want to blame Trevor Lawrence, but first two weeks, five interceptions. And again, I I do see some of it comes down to the offensive line. being horrendous, a lot of drops and their inability for whatever reason to why they don't want to run James Robinson. I don't get that at all. He's very talented. I thought they would lean on him more. I thought they should lean on him more. I don't understand what it is, wh- why Urban's not running it with him, but that's something they need to do. Starting off final two is not good, I think it's gonna be a long season for the Jags. 49ers Eagles. Um Jimmy Garoppolo had an okay game, 189 yards and a touchdown. Uh they ran the ball okay. They, you know, Samuel had a nice another big game for 93 yards, which is impressive. Uh, Kittle was quiet with 17. Uh, their defense played very good. Bosa had, I believe, two sacks, a couple tackle for losses. So again, 49ers had a great defense, and Jimmy Garoppolo just basically didn't have to do anything to lose the game, and he didn't. Hertz played relatively well, 12-23 for 190 yards, but he did have 82 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Quez Watkins, wide here they're kind of high on, had a big 91-yard play. He finished with 117 yards, but again, this was a really big defensive battle, um, you know, very impressed with the Eagles and how they've played. Now they did have a they did have Brandon Brooks, their uh guard get injured, which is big, but I think they just said it's a it's a pec issue, pectoral issue, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be that bad. It's not a full tear. Uh it just means he's, he might be out several weeks, but it's not season-ending, which is good, but I believe um I believe their outside linebacker, uh, Brandon Graham, I, I think it's an Achilles or ACL injury, so I think he's out, which is not good because he's a really, really good pass rusher for them. But overall, very impressed with the Eagles and how they're playing. Defense looks good. I, I am curious to see how their team does with Brandon G- Brooks' injury Brandon Graham' injury and how they continue to bounce back and how Jalen Hurts continues to get better. But impressed with the Eagles, even though they lost um, – 49ers, again, defense when healthy looks really good, but they still have the injury bug. All the running backs essentially got hurt. Only Mitchell was the only one that came back. I think they had a guy, they had like three running backs get hurt, including Mitchell, but he came back in. One got a concussion. One, I think, had an ankle injury. So 49ers health issues are still going to be a thing to monitor this whole season because that's been a big thing for them forever, just inability to stay healthy, especially in the running back room. So definitely worth monitoring, but good win for 49ers at home. Texans-Browns, uh, I do like the Texans team. I think they play gritty. They play tough. Uh, Tyra Taylor got hurt. Mills came in. He played okay. He had a touchdown and an interception. Little mixed results, but i like to see how he's going to do this Thursday. Uh, they didn't run the ball that particularly well, but Brandon Cooks looked good. Nine receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Um, their defense plays tough. couple tackles for losses. Uh, sacks. Um... You know, they did force an interception, uh, Justin Reed. So, again, their team plays tough, and they play people hard. I, I, am a, I, I do end up trying to pull for the Texans a little bit, um, not just in general, but just because, like, everybody's crapping the Texans so hard, it's nice to see them kind of play gritty, play tough. I like to see that adversity. I like to see them try to overcome it. So it's nice to see the Texans play the Browns, a very, you know, arguably the, one of the AFC favorites, um, you know, really tough. Baker 213 yards, touchdown, interception. Uh, but he was only oh, had two incompletions, and one of them was an interception. Uh he played well. They had a nice run game. Chubb finished strong. Uh, you know, no one really blew up in the wide receiver game, but Landry got hurt early, and then obviously no OBJ. So that's definitely worth monitoring. Baker Mayfield got hurt earlier, but he came back in. So for the Browns, nice you know, nice win after, you know, kind of blowing it to the Chiefs. So it's a good way to you know bounce back. Nice way to get a win, finally. Um, worth monitoring their wide receiver issues. Now, I do like their tight ends, uh, Hooper, Njoku, and even Bryant. They have some nice tight ends. Uh, just kind of curious what happens at the wide receiver position, who steps up. I think Landry's out for a couple weeks, so depending on how bad the OBJ injury is, too, and when he ends up coming back, that's just worth monitoring for the Browns team. Patriots, Jets, man-oh-man. Oh man. Uh, Sam Donald only threw for 186 yards. Uh, and they, but they ran it pretty good. Harris had probably like the run of the week. It was insane. Monster beast run for a touchdown. But the big story news for this game is obviously the Jets. Four interceptions from Zach Wilson, 210 yards. Run game was okay, but again, four interceptions is trash. Um, they didn't really throw the ball all that well. Uh, four interceptions. I think it's a problem for Zach Wilson because I think he was obviously raw and there's things you think he can do better at. So obviously the interceptions aren't good, but I do think some of it is him just not being fully ready and he's going to make these rookie mistakes, and some of it's just because the Patriots have a really good defense and they're great at confusing rookie quarterbacks and making them see things that aren't there. As Sam Donald once said, I'm seeing ghosts out there. That's what Zach Wilson was doing essentially too. Um, Again, Patriots are really good at this stuff, so no surprise Zach Wilson struggled against the Patriots. I knew that was going to be a gimme. But, good win for the Patriots. Arguably, they should have beat the Dolphins week one, so it's nice to finally get that win. For the Jets, again, might be a long season. Rams versus Colts. Matthew Stafford, 278 yards, two touchdowns, interception, had a good game, ran the ball pretty well. Sonny Michelle, 46 yards, darning 153 yards. Cooper Cup, 163 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Wow, he balled out. Colts and Wentz, I thought, played relatively well, and then he got hurt. Now he's dealing with two ankle injuries. No telling what's going to happen with Wentz. Jacob Easton came in, immediately threw an interception to Ramsey. Somebody you think he should avoid, but he threw an interception. Colts lost 27-24. Colts are in a world of hurt right now because they have no idea what's going to happen with Wentz. You need him. And the offensive line for the Colts has not played that well the first two weeks. And again, the Rams' off the Rams defensive line is a lot harder than who they faced week one for uh, Seattle, but... I mean, man, they are just struggling right now. Colts need to get their offensive line in check. Uh, they, they need to get it going. They need to start running the ball more. Uh, and, and again, of that's because the offensive line is just not opening up holes, but they need to get the run game going. They can't just rely on just passing. They've got to be a nice, you know, balanced team. And Jonathan Taylor not having, you know, the start of the year, a lot of people thought he could have. So definitely some question marks with the Colts right now. 0-2, this is a potential playoff team. Um, you, or, you know, the, they want to be a playoff team. They have the ability to do so. So starting off the season, you know, like this is not ideal. Uh, not capitalizing on stuff. There's, they're underperforming right now, so 0-2 is not a good look for the Colts. They need to bounce back quick. Um, last game, Bengals-Bears. Uh, three interceptions for Burrow, two touchdowns. He got sacked four times. He did not play the greatest of games. But they do have talented wide receivers, obviously. Boyd, 73 yards. Higgins, uh, 60. And Chase, 54 and a touchdown. They didn't run the ball that well. Their defense played pretty good for the most part. Uh, Andy Dalton did get hurt, but they, they don't believe it's an ACL injury, so they're who knows when he can come back. So Justin Fields came in and he played in the nicest way possible. Not that great. He did have an interception. He got sacked twice. He ran it ten times for thirty one yards. Uh, he now he did have a clutch or two play to kind of extend you know drives and kind of you know do some things with his legs. But overall, not that impressive from Justin Fields. You like to see him bounce back next week. I'm Presuming he's going to be the starter next week, but he faces a good Browns team, which could be challenging. Receiving game, they got to get Allen Robinson, in my opinion, involved more. Only twenty four yards. He did have a touchdown, and I do like Mooney, who had sixty six yards. But overall, uh, I do think Fields will open up and help open up the run game. But he has to show that he can hit, you know, make throws at the NFL level to open. I think help like open up the run game. Because if you don't trust him throwing the ball and don't think he can do it, they're just going to stack the box and it's not going to—it's going to be rough. So he needs to show he can throw at the NFL level, which I think he definitely can. Uh, and just they need to have a bounce back week. Even if they lose to the Browns, as long as Justin Fields can show that he can make throws and can you know keep people honest with his ability to throw it, not just as a runner and him, you know be able to plays that way, they'll be in good shape. So definitely worth monitoring. Uh, it was really weird. A lot of quarterback injuries this week, guys. Um, you know, Bears lost a quarterback, Colts lost a quarterback, Texans lost a quarterback, Dolphins and Tua. Um, just, it, it's insane right now. A lot of quarterback injuries, not ideal at all. Um, so, oh, sorry, I almost forgot we didn't talk about them. Chiefs and Ravens real quick. What a heck of a game, man. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns, interceptions, 343 yards. He balled out. Running game non-existent. Kelsey, 109 receiving yards. Pringle, 63. Hartman, Hartman, 55. Tyree Kill only had 14 yards. That is not okay. They never should have 14 yards. Tyree Kill needs to be above 50 to 60 at all times. Um, so not ideal Tyree Kill performance, but they end up losing to Lamar Jackson. Who started off rough with two interceptions, but finished for 239 yards and a touchdown. Two rushing touchdowns for 107 yards. Uh, great way to end it. Marquise Brown had a good game. Six receptions, 113 yards. Their defense played pretty well. Uh <coughs> Ooh, Sorry. Uh, they did have a really good time of possession and everything. Wasting the clock. They obviously ran the ball for 251 yards. Uh, I do think the Ravens have proved they can still be a good team in the AFC. But there are still definitely going to be question marks on how legit they will be. Uh, I do like them. They just have an abundance of injuries. But Lamar Jackson can play, can carry them. I just don't know. Will it be enough? Because if he has to run it more, just big-time risk, risk to injuries, which is not ideal for them. Uh, so... Again, I really do take this is a good win for the Ravens. For the Chiefs, you just, you lost it. These games happen. Uh, you know, I, I would say you just got to keep making sure Tiger Kills evolve more. Again, I'm really big on the idea of being balanced teams, so I do think they need to open up the run game a little bit more. Uh, defense, they did have Honey Badger back, and obviously he made a big difference with his two interceptions, but I still think they need a little bit of help in the secondary. And again, I just think stopping the run against Lamar Jackson is very, very hard anyways. So can't blame the Chiefs too much there. This was an insane week of football, very great uh, Sunday, uh, really great game uh, for the Chiefs and Ravens Sunday night football. Uh, Real quick before this podcast ends, I just want to say the ridiculous amount of flags I'm seeing for unsportsmanlike conduct and everything like that, it's ridiculous. You can't, you can't celebrate. You can have no passion, no emotions. This is a no fun zone in the NFL right now, right? You make a big play, you flex, you say, no, sir, not today, or, oh, you're bad. Flag, flag, flag. Like, what's the point of playing games if you can't celebrate and show passion? It's 3rd and 15. You force an incompletion on the best wide see best quarterback matchup in the game, right? You, like, you swat the ball out of their hands, essentially, right? Like, nope. You celebrate. You put your hands out like, no, 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 not today. Flag. It's ridiculous. It's dumb. And it's stupid. You're making football not fun. It, like, these flags are going to cost teams game. It's going to cost a team a win. Because you're gonna have a third and ten, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna force it in completion, and you're gonna you're gonna celebrate, and it's gonna be a flag. And I'm telling you, the moment a team loses because of this, there's gonna be an outrage. And I think it's ridiculous that this is it, like there's just this many flags are being thrown. I understand. So last year, Florida versus LSU, Florida had a big stop. Marco Wilson, if you're a Florida fan, you know where I'm going with this, grabbed an LSU shoe and chucked it flag unsportsmanlike conduct that cost us the game it's upsetting but it's a stupid play by the corner for throwing a shoe it's he didn't get the flag thrown for celebrating and saying nope not today or talking crap he got for throwing a shoe okay that i get okay i get it but if you can't get up and make a play and celebrate that is the stupidest thing i've seen fix that rule, and fix the stupid roughing the passer rule where essentially you can't even make hits on the quarterback now. Like, it's so dumb what gets called. They throw it, you hit them, it's a flag. Like, we're, we're, like you get to the point where it's like, what are you supposed to do with the quarterback? You really can't hit him that much. Like, it, it, it's just ridiculous, some of these rules. Uh, but some of the flags you see at the college and NFL level are ridiculous. But this stupid unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that are being called at the NFL level – absolutely ridiculous that you can't celebrate and show passion. It's absolutely ridiculous. NFL needs to look itself in the mirror and be like, fix it. You should be able to celebrate. Just don't, like, like just don't over-celebrate. Just, like, don't be, like, an a-hole, okay? Like, don't, like, if you make a big play, like, don't take your helmet off and flex and, like, take a selfie with them while they're on the ground. Like, it, like that's a flag. Th- that's a flag. But if I lay a big hit on you and I flex... That shouldn't be a flag. You made a big play. Celebrate. Passion. Emotion. It's what makes the game fun. But when you start throwing flags or stuff like this, it's just like, really? Like, really? Are we going to be soft? Or are we are going to be a little upset that someone's feelings got hurt because he just got laid out? Like, really? It is, again, I'm telling you, before the season's over, you're going to see one of those flags cost the team. And the moment it does... It's going to be a big issue, and they're going to talk about it more. But I just saw way too many flags this weekend for that, and it bothers me, and I had to go on that little rant for you guys. But with that being said, that's all I got for you guys today. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, We're going to get you guys, you know, Wednesday. We're going to drop the other podcast, so stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. But, again, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I'll see you guys Wednesday.